Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is JT, joined by Ryan Big O'Regan. Howdy. And we're bringing you a brand new episode of the JT and Big O podcast. We've been gone for a while, and I'm still clapping after all this time. I just remember that was my tick on the last show, was I was always uh, clapping my hands when I think. Well, but you're happy and you know it, so you clap your hands. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a positive message. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Except when you do it like that. No, not when I, no. <laughs> And then it wasn't so positive anymore. So, it has been 14 months since our last show. Oof, and uh, so, I have to say, like, Ryan, how you been? How you doing? What's up? What's <laughs> happening? You got that money you owe me, mother... <laughs> Oh, let's not go into who owes who here, all right? We'll be getting into that a little bit later. But uh, first of all, I would want to say, you know, for the people that have gone ahead and stayed uh, consistently updated on JT and Big O for any followers that we may have had from then to now still and any new people that have come aboard, thank you. We, of course, always appreciate your candor, your you know, your loyalty, and uh, thank you for sticking with us and allowing us to still want to do something like this because we know there's an audience for it. Uh, as for myself, um, uh, let's see. Within the past year, I quit one job. I got into more acting. I did some background work, some commercial work. Uh, I was a body double on the new Judd Apatow movie. And uh, essentially, I also started working for a real estate company in order to pay the bills because while acting is good, it's not consistent. However, I will say this past year has probably been the most productive year I have had to date in my chosen dream field. And hopefully 2020 will only be better and bigger from here on out. Restarting the podcast is obviously one step towards that goal. So again, thank you for allowing us to do this. Now, all my bluster aside, JT, what have you been up to for the past year or so? Nothing changes for me. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm in the same place I was at the last show. But speaking of uh, previous shows, so this this episode is going to be mostly dedicated to the Oscars 2020. But I do have to go back because one of our uh, previous shows was about Oscars 2018. And yes. we technically had a bet. Yes, we did. So I had to look back on that. And basically, I well, one, let's I'll, I'll credits do uh, Ryan won the bet. But I had to take a look at what the actual thing was that I owed you, and it was a 15-second clip of me speaking about why you are better than me. I meant to prepare something. I forgot. <laughs> so, but Well, now, to be fair, this is a debt that is, what, two years old, roughly? Yes. Right. Now, going by Jersey statute, uh, you, especially the you mafia, son of a bitch. <laughs> there would be some interest and oh, heard Jesus on this. Christ. I knew you were going. For to some, well, I mean, it's either this or I break your shins. That's how <laughs> we do it here in the state. Now, I'm not going to break your shins because obviously I'm not that kind of person. However, I would have to tack on a little bit more time for that, considering it's been so long. So instead of 15 seconds, I think maybe since we do have a stopwatch here, uh. I think a cool minute. Yeah. Do <laughs> you think I'm really going to be able to come up with that much stuff for a minute? Uh, Again, as the mob would infer, we say you do it, then you have to do it, regardless of the time frame. I'm going to be making shit up here. <laughs> well, uh, look, I never said that everything had to be factual. I'm just saying it has to be done. 
Because otherwise, uh, I got to go get a baseball bat, and I don't want to go get a baseball bat because we're in your house, and I don't know where it is. <laughs> Beat me with my own baseball bat. All right, all right. That so, way, every time you see it, you'll remember. Uh, all right, let's, let's get this over with. Yes, let's. Ryan is always going to be so much better than I am. He's sexier, better looking, more charismatic. He knows his way with the women. He he's almost like the James Bond of New Jersey. He he's an actor. He's he's famous. He uh, he's he's here. He's alive. He has a pulse. <laughs> uh, technically, I have one too, but maybe his is better than mine. Uh, he is better at movies than me, very obviously, because I fucking failed at that. Uh, he knows his stuff with movies. He knows what to say. He knows where the Oscars are going. And that's why to even today's show is going to be so great because he knows what he's talking about. Ryan is the man, the legend, the myth, the so on, the immortal. He is the big O. And I don't know what else I can really say. Ten more than, seconds. Ten. I, we started at third. We, we just hit the minute mark. <laughs> we hit the minute mark. Yeah, but you kind of dragged it out. We're talking more about the uh, myself. All right, so I got 10 more seconds I got to give you here? Yes. All right. Um, <laughs> as he as he goes, like, goo-goo eyes there. Um, so you – I don't know. And I'll, I'll – to honest effect, you have in the last year really done a lot with uh, trying to build up your career further than you had in the past. I really do admire that and everything that you've been doing with your Instagram and promoting yourself. And it, it really is an inspiration. And part of the reason that I wanted to redo the, uh, the JT and Big O podcast has been kind of an inspiration from you and what you've been doing recently with, uh, with your work. Okay. That'll suffice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you approve. Yes, I, I, I won't drag it out any longer. <laughs> I, I won't be that cruel. Jack. And thank you. <laughs> Jackass. Now, <laughs> now, touching on that, yes. Let's see if I can go two for two. Uh, as we are going to be talking about the uh, upcoming Academy Awards, which will be premiering next weekend, because this weekend is uh, Groundhog Day, Super Bowl, way too much going on today. God forbid if they actually had it all in the same day. But I. I have not paid attention enough to this year's Oscars that I can't talk about anything past the best picture section, which is what we, you and I have been focusing on trying to watch every movie up nominated for best picture uh, this year. Right. Between the two of us, we've definitely seen, I think, at least 90% of the movies. Uh, I think there may be one movie that we're missing. Uh, which one is that? Uh, Little Women. Yes. So, much like the Academy itself, we have omitted Little Women and much of what con the content is. Uh, Ser apologies to Greta Gerwig. Uh, but it's it's one of those things where, as far as I could tell, Little Women, it's like it came and then it went. It wasn't in theaters for very long, despite it being here for the awards season. Like, I really wasn't able to find... I was able to find Parasite more so than I was able to find Little Women, which is surprising considering you've got an overseas movie versus uh, a domestic. I Well, you know what? It's it's also getting a lot more promotion. I think a lot more... They're really trying to push it for an Oscar this year. That, that That's the funny thing. I don't think it's going to win the Oscar, 
But if you look at the promotion right now, it's it seems like it's in the lead. But did I do that last time? I think last time I was like, oh, this movie's going to win, and it totally didn't win. I forget exactly which movie we were talking because we're talking like two years ago. Yeah, so I'm, I, I might be confusing 2019. I know Greenbrook won last year. Greenbrook was uh, the quote-unquote dark horse. Uh, but, yeah, that was the year that we had to worry about the uh, three billboards and Francis McDormand and mm-hmm. that. And um, Lady Bird and stuff like that, I think it was also um, at the time. But, um, yeah, with with this year, I mean, I don't know. There just really seems to be, like, an outlier of the movies that were nominated. You've got Joker. You've got Irishman. You've got uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You've got, like, the atypical Oscar nom movies. You know, it, it seems very like old school Hollywood in a sense, where it's like the big boys are coming back out in full force. And you know what? That was the other intrigue of wanting to do this podcast, is specifically this topic today, was to talk about like just how the Oscars seem very irrelevant these days. But I'll be honest with you, uh, part of prepping for this podcast was watching most of these movies and a lot that I would never watch, and it was like they actually are pretty good films. They are good films, yes, but as far as diversity is concerned, I mean, that's obviously one of the biggest gripes. (laughs) That's another thing. Yeah, because, I mean, Uh, again, you've got, like, the old guard really coming up. you got uh, Scorsese, obviously, with The Irishman. Uh, You've got Tarantino for Once Upon a Time. Even uh, Todd Phillips with Joker is essentially just his version of Scorsese's uh, The King of Comedy. You know, it's a lot of, like old traditional kind of Oscar Beatty type stuff. There really isn't too many outliers that you could say are uh, fighting against the norm with the exception of maybe Parasite, I'd say. Yeah, that's that feels... Is that the... Would you say that's the... Well, I was going to say that's the one comedy, but no, Jojo Rabbit technically was a comedy as Satire, well. yeah. Um, and even then, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is certainly uh, tongue-in-cheek with a lot of it. But, you know... And Marriage Story is actually... Um, a dramedy, I'd say, would be the best term. We'll get into that when we actually talk about each individual movie. Well, I feel like uh, when it comes to movies and if you're in the industry, I think you get out of touch. And I think that might be the problem with the Academy mm-hmm. is that they feel, uh, oh, well, for a movie to be great, it's got to have drama in there and it's got to have, uh, it's got to be artistic and that and not so much focus on, well, is that what the public really wants to see? Well, then you get into that whole thing that they tried to do uh, when Black Panther was nominated or when Infinity War was nominated as, like, best popular movie, you know, because then it's about pleasing the audience. And that's true, too, because I'll be honest with you. I I didn't think... Infinity Wars Part Two, or what? What, what was it called? Endgame. Endgame. Called Endgame. I didn't think Endgame. We was... are geeks, God. Damn. How do you not know Endgame? Because <laughs> for like for two years they called it Infinity War Part Two before they finally went, oh, Endgame's like, oh, look, the most generic name title you could possibly connect to a movie. We knew what it was. Batman, <laughs> Doctor Strange said it. I don't know what anyone uh, was talking about. We're in the Endgame now. Anyway, yes. uh, I. Here and I, I'm going to clarify this. I'm so don't don't interrupt me in the middle of saying this. But, fair, fair. I'll keep going. Um, I did not think Endgame was a good movie, but it was it was a good ending to uh to a saga, which was the Infinity Wars and Avengers. I but overall, I didn't I didn't particularly think it was a great movie. It wasn't something that made me want to watch it over and over again. It was. 
kind of shocking to me how many people kept wanting to go back in the theaters to see it. Other than the, like the last hour, I don't think it was that great. I, I can, for those who are just listening to the audio, Ryan looks like he's about to have a heart attack. No, not a heart attack. Conniption, maybe. <laughs> not a heart attack. <sighs> okay, I'm composed. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I can understand your gripes with the movie. I can understand that you're not finding it to be as good as it could have been or as good as some other individual movies have been in the past. That being said, I do think something should have been stated for the accomplishment of the movie in itself as maybe not necessarily best picture, but it certainly should have gotten more than just... uh, you know, visual effect nominations and stuff like that, because you have to understand it was an undertaking that to this day, no other franchise, no other studio has ever been able to do, let alone pull off as we have seen with Warner brothers. But that in that sense, are you really talking about the individual movie or the franchise as a whole? I'm talking about the individual movie because what, you're going to compare Avatar or Justice League or Lord of the Rings or anything to that? Those are completely different stands in comparison to what you had to do and what you brought together to make a cohesive story, regardless of whether or not you even saw Infinity War beforehand. Was it really cohesive, though? I mean, you had to use time travel, and even with the time travel, things just got so confusing with that film. To be honest, anytime you use time travel, it's going to be confusing. Yes. To a certain extent, even Back to the Future can be confusing. In fact, it, I think it kind of ruined the, the universe to a certain degree because I don't like the fact that they had this five-year jump now. I I just I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like jumps? No, sir. I don't like it. Well, well, you also got to think about it. Like, you, you have all these people who disappeared for five years. They mm-hmm. came back for five mm-hmm. five years later. And now the entire universe has to kind of deal with that. Right. I just... It, it pretty much brings the entirety of the universe into focus upon itself. Now, planets that were, you know, had nothing to do with Earth probably know more about the planet itself because it's pretty much the pinpoint where everything happened. And now you're bringing this whole universe in itself cosmic earth-based whatever and you're bringing it closer together everything's going to start knocking into each other more and now you're going to have this world that's going to be completely different from what we had seen prior i don't think you needed time travel to do that but it's fun i don't know as a fan of uh time travel movies and stories i wasn't into it i okay we we can talk about this forever but we're here to talk Oscars. Now, right. um, do you have your phone with you? So this way we have some listing because we try not to print out anything because that's bad for the environment. But I, I do want to go ahead and go down the list and see exactly what movies we have to talk about as far as the movies themselves before we get into any of the individual nominations. Uh, do, do you actually want to go through all the nominations? I mean... Well, I mean, I think it's good to touch on the movies themselves first, and then as far as the nominations are concerned, we can kind of like just glance through that. Well, there, there's a lot of movies scattered through each nomination, so... Right, but also it's pretty much the same ones, more or less. All right, well, if we want to... There's only just, a few outliers, I'd say. Well, if we want to just talk about Best Picture, uh, do you want me to go name them? Uh, well, let's go down the list. We'll do one at a time. All right, so looking at uh, Best Picture, 
you have Ford versus Ferrari. Now, that's the one that you saw, correct? Yes. All right. So, Ford versus Ferrari, obviously, it's about uh, uh, one of the bigger competitions in racing, Le Mans. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen anything mm-hmm. about Le Mans, but I'm a big uh, uh, Top Gear slash uh, Grand Tour guy. Uh, lo- love those guys, the, that trio that does it with uh, mm-hmm. uh, James May. It's probably my favorite, the old man. I, I love him. Jeremy Clarkson just can be irritating at times. <laughs> but, um, I mean, for, I wanted to see it. I really did. But it was one of those things where it's just like, I don't know if I could have sat down for the length of time that it was. Because it was a pretty lengthy movie, wasn't was it? Was it? Uh, it definitely it, was it over didn't... two hours, I thought. I'm going to be honest. I, I saw it on Sunday in a nice recliner chair at a nice movie theater. and So you just kind of drifted away in it. I, I liked it. I I was happy with it. It was uh, there. There's sometimes I see a picture that like I feel like I'm not gonna like this, and then I really like it. And I think this this fell in that category. But you're not necessarily a, a car guy or a racing guy. Oh no, like it, it it didn't like transform me into like oh now I gotta learn more about cars. But, but despite it, that, you were able to get into it. Yeah, I thought it was a very well told story. Uh, it was Christian Bale doing accents again. It's for, strangely enough, he is a British guy, but he is now doing a different British accent. I I don't know which area of uh, of the UK it was from, but it certainly. If wasn't. you happen to know which part of the UK yeah. he's supposed to be from, let us know. Yeah, he was not doing his uh, regular accent. Uh, yeah, why is it the British can always do English accents and different accents so well, but us English. Us Americans, anytime we do a British accent, it's always like "Hello, Ghana," you know, it's all Cockney <laughs> and shit. Well, that that was it. It was a co- it was like a Cockney accent. It, it was Cockney. It sounded like that. Yeah. Okay. So like, uh, uh, like Eliza Doolittle, My Fair Lady, kind of Cockney. Um, it's like uh, you have to see the movie for yourself. I'm I'm terrible at accents. Fair, fair. Uh, what about Matt Damon? Because uh, he was like really the other big name uh, driving the story. He he did a really good job as well. I think uh, r- really, even though Matt Damon was probably the face of the film, mm-hmm. I think uh, the star was really kind of Christian Bale. In fairness, they were both the star, but I think Christ- it was more Christian Bale's story than it was Matt Damon's story. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was a good journey, but you know the the if I had only one bad thing to say about this film, gripe away. Um, it's just I think it's hard to do uh, stories based on real life. Because you are now trying to create this really good story with uh, with a hero's journey, but you know real life doesn't always follow a hero's journey. So it's like you have to add little bits in to get to that hero's journey. And the parts that felt like they were in there just for the emotional tag and to get to other points just look seem so fake to me at times. Right, but I mean that's the the general idea of creative, um, you know. Uh, taking leniency with uh, the story. I creative forgot. license, creative license. That's what I'm Correct. Thinking. I forgot to add, and I shouldn't say this in the middle of a review on a movie, but w- this is uh, we are talking spoilers for these films. They have been out for a while. That should be known, but I don't want to ta- start talking about the film, and then you guys go, well, well we were still going to see that. It's like, no, we're ruining it for you right now. So yeah, the, the it's awards are within like a week. So, yeah. I mean, if you're not going to go and see them prior to the awards to find out why you should be caring about it or why you should be watching the award show itself, that's you guys. Yeah. 
So I'm about to say stuff about Ford versus Ferrari. If you still want to listen to the podcast and still want to uh, watch that film, it's just about to come out right now on, uh, on, uh, actually it just came out on Amazon. You can rent it there right now. And actually I got to speak about that at some point too. What the Amazon? Yeah, I noticed they just jacked up the uh, the prices of their films, but I guess that's a, that's going to be a conversation for another time. Well, yeah, I think it's one of those things where because it's twenty twenty, they do it for a lot of that. Every time the start of the year, they always go ahead and change things. But it's like two dollars more, right? And it's a rental, right? Not a purchase. Rental, yeah. yeah. So, but that's Amazon, so I mean they're going to make money regardless. All right. I think I just jumped away from this film real quick, but uh, some of the flaws, like one of the tags. Uh, the story doesn't really have a happy ending, so no. Of that's course. the other thing. But too, that's huh? the thing. It's it's a real. <laughs> that's what the story is. You could research that on Google and I, you would know. I just it just occurred to me. I'm like saying like, oh, we got spoilers here. By the way, you could do spoilers also by getting an encyclopedia because yeah, this was happening in real life. Uh, so one, the main character does not win the race, right? And uh, I don't know if this is actually what happened in real life, but in the movie they portray it that he was going to win the race. But Ford asked him to slow down so that the other two Fords, which were in the race, all crossed the finish line at the same time. I believe that was the idea because he wanted to go ahead and put the the nail in the coffin on this. So he wanted first, second, and third place mm-hmm. rather than there being any kind of like split up. But they, they didn't even want like a big thing. Like, uh, like uh, I got the characters' names right here just because I'm awful with names. <laughs> Um, do to do, do. I'm making up noises because I won't want silence here. All right, uh, Ken Miles, who is the uh, the racer and played by Christian Bale, right? He, uh, he in the movie they portray it that he was way into the lead and basically he would have crossed the finish line way before the other two Fords did. Yeah, but like they, many many minutes ahead of time. But they wanted all three cars to pass at the same time so they could get the the photo in there. So he slowed down, and then once he crossed the finish line, he did not win the race. And what they said was. Well, you started further ahead than this car, so by the rules of Lamont, uh, you didn't win. So he's like, like, but, but, ah, oh, shit. And then the next part of the story is they, they jump ahead to a few months later where he's testing a car with Matt Damon and his son, and uh, he died yeah. he, in a car crash. Yep. So they were so like... So what could have been the potential victory was taken away from him by bureaucratic bullshit. So how do you end a movie that was like, oh, he didn't win the race and he died before he had a second chance? Mm-hmm. Well, they tied it together with this really stupid thing. Uh, basically, they they show the first time they show Christian Bale is a little earlier, like around. Uh, ba- basically, Matt Damon's character. He was. By the a way, racer. if you're hearing that, just the heater. Don't worry about it. Yeah, sorry about that. It's a, not. A We're going live. <laughs> Do it live, damn it. Uh, Carol Shelby, which is played by Matt Damon, uh, was basically, he was kind of sponsoring, uh, Ken Miles at that point. Right. And, uh, they did this stupid thing where they're at a race together and Ken Miles gets upset at, uh, Shelby and throws a wrench at him. And instead of the wrench hitting Matt Damon, it breaks his windshield, but he still, uh, Ken Miles still wins the race with a broken windshield. And for whatever reason... Uh, Shelby's like, well, I'm going to keep this wrench and it's going to be a reminder of this race or something stupid. I don't even know what the meaning was, but oh, he maybe kept he that wrench. Keep the wrench. I don't know. And, and like later it's in symbolic the movie, of the relationship. Yeah, later, but they that wasn't the first time they met. They they knew each other for a while, and just this randomly after knowing each other for so long, it's like this is going to be my 
memorable piece well, to dude, the point they had it like in a glass frame case yeah. hanging on his wall. Well, because it was it was probably a tool that worked on that particular car for that particular race, and it was a sentimental value. You can know somebody for a long time and not necessarily give a damn about them, but maybe one incident, one spark, and that's By the way, what makes you remember. I, will, I, I need to also point out this wrench looks like any other wrench in the world. It could be any other wrench. Right. So how they finish the film, because again they don't they had that sad story ending, but they mm-hmm. have to have something uplifting. It's Shelby coming to uh the widow's house and running into uh Miles' son mm-hmm. and deciding I'm gonna give you the wrench of our fr- of me and your father's friendship. And I'm just like that is so corny. And even okay, the kid, that part I'm the, not about. No. And the, even the um, kid, the kid looked at it, and he's he goes, "Isn't that the wrench that my father threw at you?" It's mm-hmm. like, how did you know that? That happened like three or four years ago. From that point, again, how did you know that was the wrench? On, but I mean, to just go ahead and hand it. Yeah, okay, that was probably a little artistic license. Yeah. That was probably a little smotsy. But um, other than that, that is my only gripe. O- outside that, for a two and a half hour movie. It kept me invested, and I, I really, really did like it, and I do encourage people to watch it. Now, here's the thing. What do you think its chances are to win the big award? Uh, if we were actually judging on quality? Yeah. Uh, let me take a, another look at all our uh, our guys here. Because, I mean, I, it's one of those things you can easily go to, like, a site, uh, Vegas-oriented, and probably see what the odds are. <laughs> but per your personal opinion, based upon what you've been able to see... How do you think it stacks up to the rest of the roster? I don't know if it's just because it's the the last three movies I kind of watched, but uh, I I say in in my own personal choices of winning, somewhere between this one, 1917, and Parasite. Okay. But I I have this terrible feeling that it's going (laughs) to be the the old guard winning with a stupid movie like The Irishman. Oh, we don't know about that. We we know how the Academy feels about Netflix movies. Yeah, and... Uh, I mean, Lord knows the whole thing with Roma was just, uh, you know, a, a cock and balls nonsense. But... Um, in Marriage Story, I didn't even... Uh, like, I, I tried actually watching it last night for this, and I got a half hour in, and I'm like, I, I can't watch this. All right, well, <laughs> let, let, let's get into some of the other movies outside of Four vs. Ferrari. So that's one. Yes. What's, that's, what's the next one you want to hit on? Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll hit uh, 1917. I'll just go in order. Okay, that's the one these. we both saw. So, yeah. Oh, funny enough. Uh, funny story. Uh, so I, you posted where when you went to go see that movie. Mm-hmm. That was the original showing I was going to go to. And you I should have, man. I, I changed my... Well, you know what? I changed you my life. You should have come, man. Come on. <laughs> So there's there's a few theaters in this area. Uh, the, the like, let me ask you this: Was it the good theater that was playing in, or was it the one with the crappy seats? It was a crappy seat theater. Yeah. It was the old gray ones without the arms, and it's one of those things where it's like I'm trying to squeeze myself into it, and I'm I'm comfortable enough, but God forbid I ever have to get up and like sit back down again because I've actually had this incident happen at this particular movie theater because of those. Uh, Armrests with like the little cup holders on the end where it's like open. Oh, yeah, and they just come right off. No, there have been times when I've sat down and that little area grabs my pocket and has ripped my pants clean off right down the seams because there's this claw that's like waiting for you to sit down and just like get you when you do it. (laughs) So, yeah, not a fan of the seats, but. 
you know, comfort aside, um, so, I, I, in situations like that, I always make sure that I'm going to go ahead and at least sit further enough up front that I'm like right behind the handicap area. So this way mm-hmm. I can always put my feet on the bars for the wheelchair accessible spots. So this way I feel a little bit more comfortable, even though that's, you know, possibly degrading to those people that have to use wheelchairs. And again, I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> you do have better spacing. I am. I can't say anything. Else. My comfort is more than yours. I'm not hitting your head, and there was no one. Bef- <laughs> there was no one in front of me. It's not the, like I was kicking anyone. I, I gotta say that uh, I I'll, I'll talk. I won't talk about Parasite right now, but I did go back to that theater for Parasite, mm-hmm. which was a nice big theater, and it was practically empty. And yeah, you, you could just say anywhere you want that point. Spart, put your feet on in front of the other seats because yeah, they're crap see, anyway. Foreign movies, yeah. But but uh, 1917, um, beautifully shot. It, it's, it, I mean, it's not the most uh, unique thing done because we've actually seen this sort of thing done before where it looks yeah. all like one shot. Um, I, I think uh, Inuratu, when he did it with Birdman, uh, I think probably did it a little bit better. I And, that, and that's a thing, too. I don't know if I kind of like this one-shot film stuff because it's now it's turning, in my opinion, to a gimmick. And one where what what well, it was a gimmick to begin with. What, what's the most talked about with 1917? It's it's cinematography, and yeah. it's probably mostly our people are just thinking, oh, it was all done in one shot, and that's what they're. I will say the cinematography does go well beyond that gimmick. Um, I really, the you know, uh, for years you always heard that phrase like "war is hell," but mm-hmm. you don't. You, you kind of just take it with a grain of salt, like, uh, oh yeah, it's war is hell, blah blah blah. There, like, if you've never been in a war, that film made you feel like you were in the war. Like, right. the, when they go over the wall and there's just dead animals everywhere, dead people, and, like, you're the crawling over dead bodies and putting their hands through people. Well, I think that's it's, the difference with that and, say, something like Birdman. Whereas Birdman, you were pretty much more telling the narrative, the story, and you were like... You know, just kind of like a third person watching the story progress. This was almost the closest thing you could do, like VR. Yeah. This was like a VR movie where you were just in the thick of it, walking with the two soldiers throughout that whole mess. But at the same time, I think because you have to work around a gimmick like that, I think it takes away a little bit from that film, too. How so? I, uh, I feel like there. There's things about world building, in my opinion, in a film. And, you know, you build a world between your people, your locations, and even time. And with this, you you have to kind of... how Between the location where they start and the location where they end, where they need to catch up, there's a good gap of time there. And basically, this entire shot is like... It's two hours. And that's ignoring the fact that mm-hmm. the, there was one scene in there where, oh, he was knocked out cold. Well, still, I spoilers. The, uh, we well, I said spoilers <laughs> earlier. I know, but I always have to like to preface it, especially when something like that comes out of nowhere, where he's like knocked out for hours. <laughs> it, but it's just like it didn't feel like for the amount of time it would have taken for him to get from point A to point B, that would it would have all been done in that point, right? And I and I feel it takes away. I think like it was a cool, it was cool, but it. I think it took away some too, in my opinion. Mm, I don't know. I mean, there's always like that disp- the dispension of uh, disbelief when it comes to like the timing of events. I mean, there there are some movies that uh, take a span of years, some that take a span of hours. 
and it's just about how you artistically transition from one minute to the next. I think the idea of like when they were going and they were walking from uh, in the uh, trenches, you know, that seemed very realistic, very well timed, very well paced. Um, as you're going through the mountains of shit that they had to go through, I think that's where your time gets lapsed a bit. And it's rightfully so, considering how much nonsense you're actually putting yourself through and how much of that terrain that you have to drudge through, whether it's in the city, whether it's yeah. out on no man's land, or even just wading in the river. Who knows how long he was actually in that water It for. It does give way into the intensity, I'll say that. And uh, one of the things we were talking about movie theaters, I saw this at uh, a dine-in theater with a nice comfy chair and a beer. I'm glad I did that because I, I remember there were times because it was – I'm not always someone who gets very into a movie, but it was getting even intense for me there where I was kind of on my seat a little bit. Well, again, times. I think when you have, like, of the two guys, when you have the guy who's probably more invested in the mission, for him to die suddenly and for the other guy to carry on. Spoilers. <laughs> yes. Good timing. For that to happen and then for the other guy to really pick up and carry on it becomes one of those things where it's like you really don't know how this is going to pan out. Now, mm -hmm. to be fair, I knew we hadn't sit, hit the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch scene yet. And I know we <laughs> hadn't hit the him running down the field with all the soldiers perpendicular to him, as has been shown in the trailers. So, that, so I was waiting for that. Well, that's one thing to say. And again, uh, going into spoilers, that most of the trailer is the last few minutes of the movie. Yes. It's just like, wow. So you're, so you're pretty much watching all the lead up, all the action, what happens. But yeah, until, until you get to that point in the trailer, you're expecting, you're anticipating, and you're wondering how you're going to get to that point. So again, it's, it's, a, it's one of those ideas where it's always about the journey, not the destination. Mm -hmm. And... Mind you, the destination, once it was all cleared up and everything got done, I was supposed to be done, and the wounded were treated, and the very few that were killed in comparison to the masses, all good. Because, I mean, it's more true to life about what happened in World War One than probably most other it movies, is. especially it with the way it was over in uh, the you know Europe, as opposed to necessarily just stuck in England. I, I will definitely say uh, it's probably not a movie I'm going to watch over and over again. I don't know if it will. I, if I will watch it again, mm -hmm. but I definitely encourage if, if you haven't seen it before to at least watch it once. It does. It it, it is something you do invest in. It, it it does rise some emotions in you. It does show you things that you probably haven't seen in previous movies. Yeah, the two I, leads I did, are great. I, think I, I do was, definitely yes. like the young guys, but even the cameos are fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, about just the people no, that they throw like, into it. So it's like, is that is that more? Uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Mark Strong. Yes. It's like, it's just like the, yeah, they just come out of nowhere. It's like which British actor is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you had was Benedict, you had Who? Colin Firth, uh, you had um, uh, what's his face who's going to be in Eternals. Um, What's his name? Madden? Maddox, I think. Something I, like that. I know they had uh, Mr. Darcy or... Well, that's <laughs> Colin Firth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had him. Had Benedict Cumberbatch. I, I want to say Ray Winstone was in there, maybe. I'm not sure. There were so many old British guys. God damn it. God save the Queen. Yeah. All right. But as far as 1917 being a winner, it has a good possibility. Yeah. It has already won awards. For being best picture. Now, whether or not that was based upon the organization that was nominating it, whether it was like um, 
you know, producers guild or writers guild or something like that. And you know, one of the smaller awards. Um, I actually forget. Was was it the one that won Golden Globe as well? I think it might have been. Um, I'll be honest, I couldn't tell you. Oh, this is why we he, do research. He's looking it up. Um, but uh, you know, I, you know how how I kind of did the 2018 thing is because I didn't watch a lot of those films too, and I was going by promotional. And usually promotional wins in, you know, 1917 between being, I think, a good movie and the amount that it's been promoted. Yeah, I, I'd say that probably has one of the best chances to win. Best picture, 1917. It did so, win so, for the Golden Globe drama. So, uh, I, I'm i just going to say this straight out. I'm not doing another bet this year. <laughs> but but if I, if I had to take a guess on who's going to win, I would say 1917 probably has the best chances. Right. Yeah, well, I mean... When we talk about Oscar bait, we always talk about those movies that are maybe a little bit overdone and in its uh, drama aesthetic. You know, Mm -hmm. things that really push to be, like, strong and powerful, you know, just like all guns blazing. And no pun intended for it being a war movie. Mm -hmm. But um, certainly, anytime you have a war movie in this era, it's Oscar bait. Yes, there's a dog. That's fine. (laughs) But um, I don't know because... Oscar movies, mob movies, real life movies, um, they all pretty much are in the same realm of like Oscar bait, really yeah. Oscar bait. So, I mean, there's just so many that are nominated this year that could really go ahead and pull it out. As a matter of fact, um, going to the Golden Globes, uh, there is the other Best Picture winner of that era uh, that's also nominated, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, which I believe is actually the oldest uh, movie set for the thing because it came out uh, in August. So it came yes. out before Joker. It came out before all the award season stuff. Uh, did you get to see it? I saw two-thirds of it. Th- um, two-thirds? How, how do you match two-thirds? Because it was a long-ass movie. Um, They're all long-ass <laughs> movies. That, that, Tarantino alone does long-ass well, movies. I, I should preference this by saying I'm not a big fan of Quentin Tarantino and his films. So <gasps> how How is that like sh- shocking at all? I just figured with as inventive as he has been with his movies and with... Uh, as... they're, they're great concepts, but he is so boring because most of what he focuses on is the dialogue. And after a while, it's like, I'm sick of listening to people talk. Do something. First of all, if we're being clear, the thing he focuses on most of all is feet. Screen junkies <laughs> and honest trailers proved that. Secondly... By the way, one of the films I hate the most from him, freaking... Uh... Death proof, and yeah, that, that with the foot that, that goes that flying out of the car. That, uh, death proof <laughs> doesn't even technically count, as far as I'm concerned, because that was more for Grindhouse. That was, uh, that was like a, a well, an Planet Terror was film. good. Planet Terror, Planet Terror was definitely more B movie. Yes, than uh, but death it proof was, was. I I was definitely more into Planet Terror than I was in the Death Proof. Anyway, I'm getting away from this. Go back to. Uh, uh, so you're, you're yeah. just like guns on women's legs because you're an anime fan. Uh huh. Well, no, I I like a mixture of action and uh, indecent uh, writing, but with him, it just drags on most of the time. Uh, the only the last film I really remember from him that I really enjoyed was uh, Kill Bill Volume One, which it had. Wow, that, that far back. Yeah, I mean, I kind actually no, I take it back. I did like uh, Django Unchained. Okay, um, okay, okay. That was a good film. Yeah, I know that Hateful Eight can be a little uh, uh, divisive, mm-hmm. but Django Unchained, I think, was definitely one of his finest. Uh, but to that point, I think this was possibly 
the best Tarantino experience <laughs> I have had watching one of his films. I, I again uh, preference with spoilers here because uh, this is actually a part I didn't see in the film. I was told later on mm-hmm. the one of the reasons I didn't want to finish the film is because I thought I knew the ending. Ah, ha 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 Exactly. The thing is, this was a fairy tale in a sense. You know, once upon a time in Hollywood, it specified it right in the title. This is pretty much Tarantino's reimagining of uh-huh. that time in Hollywood with the Manson family, <laughs> with um, you know the the whole industry at that time, and then obviously with the the murder of Sharon Tate. Yeah. So he he pulled the same thing he pulled with Inglorious Bastards, and he he changed history. Um, but I, again, I didn't see that part of the film because I figured like, oh, I don't want to see Shannon Tate get murdered. And, uh, no, but that third act though, especially. So I will be, I I will sometime in this week, watch that finally. I was actually going to try to watch it before the show, but I had so many films. I had a jam on my plate plus our technical setup. I didn't get to it. So I will be, someone did explain to me the ending and I was like, Okay, that's not bad. So I will be watching at some point. But as of now, I've only seen the first two-thirds of the film. Yeah, and again, pure Oscar bait movie because it's glorifying Hollywood to an extent. And Lord knows anyone that's seen uh, stuff like La La Land knows how Hollywood feels about, ooh, this feels make me feel warm and fuzzy about living here and being (laughs) in the industry. Um, Although it does show some bad parts of the industry as well, too. So, I mean, it's kind of like a little back and forth. But um, I know the Bruce Lee family isn't gonna want oh, this film to win. Bruce Lee. Oh, poor Bruce! Although the guy that played Bruce Lee was great, I, I did like him. And, I think he's actually going to be a part of the new Mortal Kombat movie, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and I don't think they, they the the thing was like, oh, they made him look weak. No, they didn't. He he, he looked. He, 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 he was he was like, He still looked like a badass. He he got his uh, ass handed him for a a second, but he still looked like a badass. I mean, I'm sorry that Clint Booth wasn't Chuck Norris, but I mean, (laughs) what what do you want us to do? Again, this is an imaginary story set in this real-life backdrop. And mind you, as far as the characters are concerned, I mean, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, his character was good. I think his acting was better when he was acting as the character in the television show. Rather than just being the actor, you know, I, I think uh, his roles in that in those little bits and pieces were probably better off. That one scene where he's just sitting in the chair, holding on to the girl, and like giving that uh, threatening speech. There is no way you would have found a speech like that in television back then. So I mean, that was class A DiCaprio right there. Yes. However, I do think the better character was Clint Booth. Yeah. Was uh. Brad Pitt, which I I can't necessarily say I've ever been really fascinated by a Brad Pitt performance. <laughs> I, I I can't say that, but certainly his whole storyline, his arc was captivating mm-hmm. because he he he's a stuntman. He's just like any old regular schmo. Certainly one of the people in Hollywood that probably doesn't get enough credit as they should. Well, was it wasn't uh? Are are you talking about the actual real life act uh, stuntman? Well, no, I'm talking about like stuntmen in general. Like stuntmen, I feel like are always those kinds of people that kind of get uh, the short end of the stick when it comes to the industry. Mm-hmm. And having been someone who's performed his own stunts when necessary in films and been able to do that kind of action choreography, uh, I do have to say he presented himself with a cold, cool demeanor 
that just really brought me into everything that was he was doing, whether it was driving uh, his partner around, whether it was hanging out at the Manson Ranch, whether it was kicking ass and taking names and, you know, <laughs> getting all drugged up and eating dog food. And it's like, there was just something about him that I just like, I really gleaned onto. It was a, it was a cool character. At the same time, it did feel like just a violent version of Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's what you need. Hey, if you're going to end up with Angelina Jolie and then you break up, maybe you need to get a little violent for some catharsis. I don't know. <laughs> Certainly it would help me out. I know that. But I'd say as far as like um, in contention with uh, 1917, as far as the best pictures from the Golden Globes, I'd say if there was going to be a movie that Hollywood really looked upon and enjoyed enough to want to nominate it and Mm -hmm. make it win, I'd say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood probably has the best shot at beating 1917. Between the two of them, amongst all the nominations, though I gotta say, uh, rounding the uh, what, what what do you call that again? Where someone's you don't think they're gonna win, but they the dark do. horse. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Parasite's coming up as the dark horse now because I'm actually seeing all right, a, let's get into a lot more promotion for that film. Uh, I did see that one. I did actually enjoy. I did it. not, unfortunately. I know I know the story. I got the cliff notes from it uh, via YouTube. So I know what happens in the movie, but I didn't get to actually watch it myself. How how was it actually seeing that uh, depressingness of Parasite? It wasn't. It didn't really feel that depressing. Really? No. It maybe maybe I've watched too many uh, uh, foreign films, but it it felt like. Well, that- I mean, I, I think that's part of the thing. Like you've got this movie that's being promoted for a Best Picture nod, uh, and foreign films. Again, going back to Roma. You know, Roma was an exceptional movie, but of course it was a foreign film. It was a Netflix film. Uh, They went ahead and gave it the best foreign picture award rather than, you know, because that's the thing. I feel like since it got nominated for both picture awards, whether it be best or best foreign, it's probably going to win best foreign. But that's because it's a foreign film. And I don't think it's ever going to be one of those cases where they really take a foreign film and consider it as as meaty as all the other nominations in the best picture but you know sometimes i go by what the media says and because again that's uh the oscars at this point don't really feel like they're really choosing what they think is best they choose what they think oh don't get me started should win oh the whole thing with like uh, adam sandler and not getting snubbed because he's adam sandler you know it's like yeah that that was same thing with jennifer lopez well I, I was gonna wait till we move a little closer to them, though. We all we only have fifty minutes left, actually. Uh, but you know, yeah, if you look at all those people, I, I you notice like Antonio Banderas in there in a film that I hadn't previously heard of, and it's like I, I'm wondering if they put. I it's gonna be dangerous for me to say this, but I'm wondering <laughs> if they just put him in there because it was nothing but white people without him. Well, I mean, the same argument could be made for Issa Rae for Harriet being the only black nominee in any of the categories. I guess you could, but at the same time, like, I think her film did have a little bit of traction. So I, I could see her very easily in there, but I I never... Well, because people lampooned the movie to an extent. Did they? Oh, yeah. People... It, it's not so critically rated. I think if I go ahead and I pull it up on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Harriet is not one of those movies that's mm. uh, being favored. 
In, in all honesty, I didn't see it. I but I had heard enough about it that I thought it had done well. That that's how I get my movie news. I just like I hear other people talk about it, like that must be true. Everything on the internet's true. Um, and besides, we can probably go a little bit longer than fifteen minutes, considering the uh, early stuff that was being talked about. But well, uh, oh well, let's see. How can I? How can I describe Parasite? It was it was a dark comedy. It was it the really like, you'd say it was a comedy. Yeah, but I mean, it the, seems the, just the name so... the name gives it uh, a darker meaning than it really was. It it wasn't. It was okay. So it, it's not certified fresh, but it's at seventy three for the critics. Okay, uh, ninety seven by audience. Uh, Harry, you're talking about. It's, I I hate to say it, but audience score for ninety seven is probably just like you know people that say they like, you know, people or movies within that subsect. Mm-hmm. You know, really not trying to be racist by saying that, but <laughs> it's one of those things where it's obviously you have that demographic and they come out for that movie and they want to support it. And all props to Issa Rae. I like Issa Rae. I do. I, I prefer her in comedy than dramatic. Just saying, but. Um, yeah, it does seem like a, a bit of an outlier compared to a, much right. of the other nominations in the actor categories, whether it be male or female. Well, even better, did you take a look at supporting? Because it's just white people for supporting. <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that Scarlett Johansson is nominated she's twice. Ni- yeah, she, why is she nominated you, twice? If she's going to win either one of them, it should be for supporting, in my opinion. Uh, you know what? For an actress I've been calling very wooden for years... Uh, for the small bit of Marriage Story I did see, it was some of the better acting I've seen from her. But It was some of the better acting to some degree, but I think it was probably some of the most overacting to that degree as yeah, well. Yeah, true. That's a, well, well, I mean, are you done talking about uh, Parasite? Because obviously a lot of people have been talking about Parasite, yes. Yeah, let's... let's... But as far as like winning Best Picture... I think it has a chance. Really? It it wasn't a bad film. I well, I know what's the difference between not a bad film and best picture of the year. But uh But I'll tell you right now, if it does win best foreign film, there is no way it's getting best picture. And they yeah. will announce foreign film beforehand. So that's, so that's so kind of a good chance. So yeah, I don't I don't think it has a best choice, but I'm saying it's the dark horse. Right. So I think it has a chance as a dark horse, but yeah, I'm still leaning towards 1917. Okay, fair, fair. If, I think I, I think I'm we've kind of measured out our it. favorites in regards <laughs> to that. Um, so you're thinking more 1917. I'm thinking probably more Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Parasite has a chance, chance. Um, now, as for the other films, I mean, let's just go down the list here because they're all pretty much uh, uh, fodder at this point uh, mm-hmm. compared to what we think is going to win. Um First off, uh, you got to talk about the clown in the room, Joker. Yeah. Um, no, it's not going to win Best Picture. That's, no, uh, I mean that was a very, very good DC film, but that was not a like uh, Oscar award uh, winning film. In again, my like I said, it was almost paint by numbers um, a retelling of a Scorsese movie. It felt so much like a Scorsese movie. Yeah, well, they even said wasn't. that was the one of the reasons they put uh, Robert De Niro in it was just as a mm-hmm. callback to that. Um, yeah. And mind you, even as far as like uh, Joaquin Phoenix winning Best Actor, because he's been winning uh, awards for his acting as, uh, you know, Fleck, Joker, whichever version you want to call him. To me, knowing Joaquin Phoenix's body of work, it doesn't really feel like it's that much of a difference 
from stuff he's done in prior movies. Like, it really didn't expand upon the mythos of the character. It really didn't expand uh, so much what uh, Joaquin Phoenix can do in a film. I'd say, if anything, uh, the worst thing, that, or the best thing he actually did for the character was make himself so gaunt. <laughs> like you see the like all all the bones. Yeah. It's like it almost looks like CGI. Him working and maneuvering around like that. And it's just it creeps me the hell out. I mean that is method acting to actually go to that sickly of a state. That's like uh, uh, Christian Bale in The Machinist. You know, yeah, people gotta stop doing that. They're, they're, they they're, they're putting their lives in danger doing that. It's, but it's, it's for, for art. it's for the craft. Like art. you are going to die. <laughs> But um, as as far as Joker winning Best Picture, uh, I mean, no. again, it'll be like a Black Panther sort of thing. They'll go ahead and nominate it uh, because Logan never got nominated. So Black Panther gets nominated. Joker gets nominated. I think Dark Knight had a, the best chance. And... It, 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 it did. It really did. Because, I mean, it was certainly more um, unnerving. You and know, I, it really it, shocked the viewer. But And I think when Dark Knight didn't even get nominated, I was like, well, yeah, you know what? Then yeah, you're no. never going to... But that's the thing. It's if, never going to... If this does win, in the grand scheme of things, if Joker does win Best Picture... Then I, Warner Brothers paid off a lot of people. That's, no, 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 no. I'm not going to say that. Not not saying that. Not saying that. However, I'm saying that. I, I will say that it does kind of set a bit of a bad precedent as far as I'm concerned. Because then you're pretty much saying that the only way that a comic book movie can be a good and respectable comic book movie is if it's just any old movie and you just take the slightest bit of the comic book lore and you insert it in. And I feel like that does a an injustice to the characters and the stories that the writers have made and the people that have created these characters. You're basically just saying, fit the form and you'll be fine rather than doing what you've been doing in the comics and in your stories that have become timeless in themselves. Well, do you read the comics? I've, I mean, as far as Joker-oriented comics, I can't say I've read too many of them. Certainly, uh, Killing Joke is uh, the one I actually own. Well, I feel like it, this is a thing that both DC and Marvel do. They just realize like what they really sell are the characters at this point, not the really the story or the background, because they can take these characters and put them in any type of story. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's how I kind of treat the Joker is like, oh, this is not into the Joker mythos. This is just another version of the Joker and another story of the of that character. Yeah, but to be honest, I'd say compared to other stories that have dictated the Joker's uh, rise or fall or however you want to see it, it was definitely one of the weaker ones. Yeah, I the character wasn't really Joker, and you can tell he's not the Joker because he we were sympathetic for him, and you're never sympathetic for the Joker. Right. You, you went ahead and put uh, the rose-colored glasses on this guy, mm -hmm. and then... You know, I'm supposed to feel bad for him just because his medication is being cut off by society and he might have a father who doesn't want to acknowledge him, who just happens to be Thomas Wayne, who they make Thomas Wayne unsympathetic in this movie. Yes, He's supposed did. to be like by the, the way, godfather of Gotham. By the way, did anyone else go in this movie going, well, at least they're not going to kill Batman's parents this time? You were wrong. <laughs> so wrong. It's like, wait, we got five more minutes. We can fit it in. Yes. <laughs> Can't have a Batman movie without some pearls. 
<laughs> Terrible. Uh, but I, like I said, if they if it does win or if Joaquin wins or anything like that, I just feel like it sets a bad state for how some comic book movies are going to go ahead forward. Marvel's still going to do their thing regardless because Marvel has a formula that works. Warner Brothers, on the other hand, or even any uh, outlying franchises like uh, you know Variant, now that they're going to be getting into the movie mm-hmm. game, I just really hope that it doesn't go ahead and like muck things up and take away what makes these characters so great just to make them seem more film friendly. You know, after years of watching comic book movies, I'm just not really worried about it anymore because, you know, even if they do make a bad movie now, chances are they'll make a better movie later on. I am actually Morbius. I, I don't I don't <laughs> want to get away from uh this conversation because we still have like three movies to go. But uh I am looking forward to Bloodshot. And it's been a while since I've been looking towards a uh, Vin Diesel film, and I know you wanted to bring up another Vin Diesel film, at which some we point. will talk about we'll talk in about a about separate a video. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, but we should bring up these last few films. Um, wait, you wanted to add one more point? Well, no, no, no. I wanted to get into the next one. Um, outside of that, we're talking about the fake Scorsese movie. Let's talk about the real Scorsese movie, The Irishman. Yeah. Which have you watched it? Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Um, it wasn't. You know what? It wasn't a bad film. It was no. not a bad film if it, it just, ended an hour earlier. Yes. You know, it, basically... It's not going to win Best Editing, I tell you that. I, I'm going to tell you right now, and this is going to be a very harsh criticism, but this is the Robert most, De Niro is old. No, no, that, that's a whole other thing with, with the with the action scene and him kicking somebody over. Even though I'm watching it, I'm like, wow, you look... Uh, 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 he's you're, barely connecting with them. And the it's guy like, is there like, oh, wow, you're killing me. You're yeah, killing he's supposed me. to be like a tough guy in his like 40s or 50s, and he can barely move his body yeah, to he, make them work. Yeah, Robert De Niro is like, those barely kicks, and you're hearing like bones crack. Like, nah, it's not going to break anything. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that's a whole other <laughs> issue for another day, but... I'm sorry, Martin Scorsese, but this is the most I've ever seen you jerk yourself off in one movie. All right. Yes. No. Netflix gave him the authority, the power, the money to go ahead and make this film so that they could say they have a Scorsese film that was made specifically for Netflix. And he went and he took his ball and he ran with it. He filled in so much of himself into this movie that it became daunting to keep watching it. It wasn't captivating after the halfway mark. It was just more talking and banter with his buddies, more dialogue that was unnecessary, back and forth between Pacino. It didn't add to the story. Pacino was a characterization of people playing Pacino. (laughs) He was not a Hoffa. He was not a Hoffa. Nicholson was a Hoffa. But, ah... I really hope that if he does his next movie after this, I hope whatever studio is sponsoring it, whatever help, who's however helping him make it, they pull the reins back a bit <laughs> and make it a little bit nicer, a little bit tighter, a little bit more crisp yeah. of a film. Because this was well, just this is, Martin just going like, oh. This is why sometimes a director's cut is not the definitive version. No. it's yeah. I would have liked this film if it had ended 45 minutes earlier. Because it 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 tracked. It Not really even that. The, the whole idea of the CGI. I really don't know if oh, they yeah. necessarily need you it. you picked actors just because they're known for these movies instead of picking actors that would be good for this film. You know how many actors got their start because they essentially played the younger version of these people that you saw in the majority of the film? Yeah. I mean, I, I actually know a couple of them. I've worked with a couple of them. Uh, Joseph D'Onofrio, a great actor. 
uh, played the uh, the younger versions of act, uh, mob guys in the movies, and he's a fun guy, and he probably wouldn't have had a career unless they did this, and it probably would have been cheaper to actually cast an actor rather than worrying about putting a fresh face. Oh, Netflix on De Niro. doesn't care. Netflix, uh, uh, Netflix ne- in ne- their movie. I don't ne- know who Netflix they gave is. Dave Chappelle sixty million dollars for two four comedy specials, yeah. two which were already in the can. <laughs> But he's good. It's funny. He's good, but it's just, uh, you know what? That And that's another conversation for another day. And I kicked around the pussy. How, how much more does Netflix, how much longer can Netflix just be throwing money at? And actually, that is a segment I'm going to want to start on the show. I haven't really talked to Ryan about it, but I'm going to do this. What? It's going to be, what show has Netflix created and you never heard of? Because they don't promote <laughs> it. They, one of my favorite shows they created, and I discovered it by mistake, was a film called uh, Altered Carbon. Oh, the one with uh, the guy who played Robocop. Yes. Yeah. And I loved that TV show. And I was like, I hope they make another season. They did. And it was getting released in one week. I didn't even know they were approved for a second season. Look, be lucky that they did what they did with BoJack Horseman, where they gave you the first half of the season, and then it's like, come back for more. I didn't know that was getting released. Season season six was getting released till a week before it was released. It's they don't do promotion on. They make all this content and then they don't really do anything with it. And it's like, well, they is, don't mess with advertisers. That, so how can you spend so much money on all this content? Spend all this money on all these famous people, and just not like like it. What's the point of it? Are you just loading content because you know your other content is getting taken away? It feels like stuff is just there for people to discover later on. Like, you could get rid of Netflix, but maybe we have stuff you want to watch still. Like, it's it's weird. Man, your job has really gotten you invested in economics. <laughs> well, I, I also have a finance degree. It's, I've always you have been a finance a- degree? Yeah, you didn't know that. No! Yeah. No, no, you've always been so movies. I didn't know you had a finance degree. Yeah, I, I, I studied finance. And then I realized I never want to be an accountant, and I went into technology. <laughs> How are we not making money yet? God. No, that's a different story. Well, there's not, another reason. Not, I no, no, we're not going into that. We're not going into that. <laughs> All right, all right. All right. So um, we talked about. Do we want anything else on Irishman? Because yeah, I, no. I mean, I did a review it's, it's on awful. my Instagram. It's a, what, what's said has been said um, in many forms. Um, did we touch on Little Women at all? Considering that is the one that we didn't see either of us. Uh, there's women. They're little. Oh come on! It's a classic story. And I obviously- actually I never watched it. Uh, to be fair, I no, n- 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 never, n- you n- never watched the, the other version, version of it. Yeah, and it was the only. W- I was actually intrigued to seeing the one that came out just on the fact that like I hadn't seen a previous version, so it would have been new to me, but I didn't. And I in my thought in process was okay this movie has been retold how many times this this story has been retold so it's many a classic times tale yes you've seen one you've I, seen them all but i doubt it's gonna win just in the fact that it, it would be like uh i can't think of an example off the top of my head but it, think of any film that's been made made again and again and again and it's like well this one is best picture of the year how so like uh how, how else can you tell this story oh oh that's right god damn it <laughs> Wait, well, it didn't win Best Picture of the Year, so <laughs> so I was still right. Wait, did it? It did not. No, it didn't, yeah. Yeah, no. so I was still right. Got Best Song, at least, I think, but... Well, the, you also had Lady Gaga on there, but... Well, uh, you had the Lady Gaga in the heat between her and 
Bradley Cooper. And you, you, you know if the wife wasn't there in the audience, those two were going to kiss at the piano when they did that performance. You know they were. They were waiting for it. They were just like, is she looking? Is she looking? No, she's looking. And okay, then, we can't do and it. And a year later, no one's talked about it, so we know there was nothing there. Ah, but didn't Bradley Cooper break up with the wife? Did he? Why they separated? I didn't hear about that. Aren't they? Did he? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have something to look up. Have there been pictures of him and Gaga? No, okay. Um, okay, so off of uh, <laughs> off of Little Women and Gaga. I didn't see Jojo Rabbit. Do you want to speak about Jojo Rabbit? Jojo Rabbit, Rabbit was so good. Was oh, it? my God. It was a fun, fun movie, which is a weird thing to say when it's Nazi-oriented. But then again, so was the producers to a certain extent, with Springtime for Hitler. And I think in that same realm, in that same garb of how they make fun of the, the Third Reich and how they make it, fun of adolf and everything but this is actually happening in real time of uh of during the war yes but to actually see it from like uh that child's point of view which the the kid that plays jojo i love that kid that that is a great i want to see more from him in the next few years i really do he was just he he was endearing you know Uh, yes he was a little mini nazi but he was a little mini Nazi that you could enjoy watching. You know, it, it, it's like if Adolf was a, a midget and had like a punchline. You know, it was just really good to see this fresh face uh, go through these trying times. And mind you, for as funny as the movie is and as funny as Taika Waititi made it about how goofy the third right was, even though obviously, yes, they were Nazis, but he made them so slapsticky. Um, it, it really was just a, a joy to watch how things interacted, how the characters interacted. Not so much the war aspect itself, not so much the gunfire, but just the inner workings of it all and how they 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 had they had clones. They had Adolf clones. <laughs> they had blonde oh clones. Uh, they had uh, the training camp with like how to throw a grenade and how to you know kill Jews and everything. It's like it almost looked like a summer camp. They actually portrayed it as such rebel wilson this is probably one of the better times i've actually enjoyed rebel wilson's character oh she Um, was in it yes yes she was um sam rockwell uh did a fine job as a a demoted lieutenant type person you know just yeah i'm here i don't care what i'm doing i'm drinking you know (laughs) great stuff but this is why i said scarlett johansson should win for best supporting i know a lot of people have said laura dern for the marriage but i swear to god Scarlett Johansson, her character, her character arc, from beginning to end, hit me in the feels. Like, spoiler alert, when she dies and JoJo finds the body. I didn't see the film yet, so now I'm going to know. I'm joking, I'm joking. When JoJo finds her body hanging, when she hasn't known where she's been, and uh, the... You know, the uh, Gestapo has come in and started looking for uh, any instances in the house because they hide a a Jewish girl in the house. And so I guess that gets word to somebody and they come in and they start, uh, you know, the SS starts coming in and checking them out and they make it through. But obviously Scarlett Johansson's character isn't seen during any of this time. And it's not until a little bit later where JoJo's running around. And he gets to the stocks where, you know, traders are hung. And you don't even see her full body hung, but you just see the shoes that they've been focusing on throughout the movie. These red-heeled shoes that were hers. And he turns around, and he looks, and he stares at him right next to him. And looks up, and just loses it. Goes to the point where he almost goes ahead and tries to kill the girl that was living in the house. Because he's so emotionally wrecked by it. 
you don't get that kind of reaction unless the character meant something to everybody. And I have to give it credit. Like, she's the one person that really should have won an award from this movie. And if she doesn't, it's going to be upsetting to me. Hmm. But that that's how good of a movie it was. It got you emotionally. It got you laughing. And, I mean, regardless of how the movie ends, which that I won't spoil for you. I'll leave that as is. But... Jojo Rabbit is just one of those movies where it's like you can see how a comedy can be raised to its highest form. You know, it doesn't have to be yuck yucks all the time. But as long as you put as much uh, laughter and drama at the same time, as long as you make it almost equal, it really just gives you an overall good feeling. And Taika Waititi, God bless him because he's really just been knocking it out of the park lately. Between that and the stuff he's done for Marvel and even uh, what we do in the shadows, the the man hasn't really missed a step. And I can't wait to see what he has to do with uh, anything going forward, whether it be Guardians 3, whether they do tap him to do anything more Star Wars oriented, because I know that's been a rumor. Um, I'm I'm just a Taika fan. He's like my next number one director. I, I was going to say earlier that I, I really enjoy his work as well. He he is uh, really good between... Actually, I have nothing to add. You said everything that was on my mind. Uh, <laughs> I have that talent. Now, but, I, Marriage Story. Oh, we are going to touch Marriage Story. Yeah, because we have to talk uh, about the other ScarJo performance. Um, and we touched on it a little it, right? bit, but he, here's what I will say about Marriage Story. Marriage Story felt like it was from like the late 80s, early 90s. I don't know if it was because of the Randy Newman score or anything like that, but it really just felt like it was one of those kinds of like coming of age, sort of like real slice of life movies. I was kind of thinking Kramer versus Kramer. I was getting a Kramer versus Kramer vibe, yes. But Kramer versus Kramer wasn't as uh, funny. It wasn't as uh, surreal, I think, with Mm -hmm. a lot of the jokes because, you know, just taking it all from Adam Driver's point of view and seeing how the whole process goes. And it's like, Wait, what? Why? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing it like that? Why? Stop saying court. Stop. Stop saying court. We're not talking going to court. You know, it, it really brings like a, a a ridiculous reality to the whole setup. And unfortunately, this was a movie where it's like I wasn't sure what side to go with. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to root for him or if I was supposed to root for her. They both. It's one of those things where it's like when both sides have valid points, mm-hmm. and yet both sides are kind of shitty. You really don't know if there should be a happy ending one way or the other, and I, I kind of like that sometimes, especially when it's something like this, something so grounded. I think just because I've known enough people who went through divorces and heartbreak and all that stuff, it it just it's not something I kind of I didn't want because it it does start with them as really good friends at the beginning and very obviously as it gets further and further to them divorcing and breaking apart. And as the lawyers they, get more and more yeah, involved. They start getting more and more hateful towards each other. Oh, and that scene in the apartment between the two of them. Did you see that? Uh, I didn't get to that point in the movie, but I did see, I did see it on uh, – because Facebook, for some reason, has been playing every other scene of the best pictures. And that no, was but no, that, that scene where after the lawyers mm-hmm. – uh, ScarJo comes to visit Driver, and they pretty much just, they're trying to work out how they can do it so much without the lawyers, how they can fix it, arrange it. It gets to be so evil, so visceral, the hatred that has welled up between the two of them, and how it just, like, just blurts out between both of them. Yeah. 
And it kills me because this is a side of Adam Driver with this kind of anger, with this kind of hatred. <laughs> How did we not going. get this during the Star Wars movies? How? How did we? This was this was Kylo Ren when we shouldn't have gotten Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren should have been in the Star Wars trilogy. Instead, we're getting him yelling at Black Widow because she's such a manipulative person to him. Well, I'm like. Where was this directing? I'll I'll save that conversation for another time. But yeah, you know, it, I think there's a conversation to say that they had no direction with the uh, the recent trilogy. No, but I mean, as far as the director of this film, uh, what was it? Uh, Noah Baumberg or something like that. I think it was. I think if I'm phrasing it right, he's done a lot of movies like this. Um, I think the last one of his I saw was I think uh, the Squid and the Whale, where his best directing. Um, whether it be with a tongue-in-cheek or whether it just be very dramatic, has always been just this one-on-one, you know, banging of heads. Mm-hmm. And he does that really well. And he lets the actors just go right at it. And you really feel it in that one scene. Um, which is why I think if uh, Joaquin doesn't win Best Actor, the next one up should be Adam Driver. For this particular role, because I just felt so much from him. And I think it was just an expression of all of his talent, too, because despite uh, the the cool, non-emotional demeanor and how it just it's, jumps to the emotional is really just like the, the plus and minus that you always want to get from like an entire role. You want to see both sides of the spectrum, and I think you really see it from him. I, you know, it's kind of funny, and I'll bring up Star Wars for one more reason, the fact that like it was the thing that helped launch his career. But if you look at all his other works, that's where you really get to see him like really shine. He's mm-hmm. he is a really good actor. Yeah, and it's a shame that the his most popular role has muted him to such an extent as an actor, because he's really I think he's really kind of suffered from it, in the sense that uh, you know the most you can get from him like you get a temper tantrum from him, but he's in mask and with a lightsaber. I would have liked to have really just seen him be more angry with the mask off facing ray facing finn something of that nature where you just really see like the true darkness and hate of the character inside of him i mean he was dark enough to kill his own dad so why can't we just see that kind of hatred spill from him instead he's gonna be running in there trying to save ray and you know and then start slicing his own guys no no that's, you know, there's that's, a lot of flaws there's but, a lot of flaws. Yeah. And, and Marriage Story isn't going to win Best Actor for the film, but I really would like to see Adam Driver win for Best Actor. Uh, I really would like to see that. If, if it's not going to walk Joaquin, because Joaquin is obviously the popular choice. But uh, he even sings. Did you know Adam Driver could sing? No. Yeah, he sings. Nice, nice baritone to him, too. As a man of a lower voice, I do appreciate that. So just seeing that whole range of what he was able to pull off, and for a Netflix film, no less, even though it did have its couple of weeks in theaters, it was another Netflix film. And I think Netflix uh, bet uh, more of the horse on Irishman when they probably should have been pushing towards Marriage Story, to be honest. But again, talking about Netflix and their finances, I'm out of that. All right. Unfortunately, we're coming near the end here. Any, Any final thoughts? Well, we, I mean, we I, really, I didn't think we were going to get through this episode with just talking about Oscars, but we, we actually, we still have stuff to say. It's kind of funny. Well, I mean, obviously we didn't get to the nuances of the individual categories as far as the actors and the directors and stuff like that. Again, I think the overall idea that it's a, it's an old boys, uh, kind of club this year 
And certainly we have our favorites. Uh, you have your favorite for Best Picture. I have my favorite for Best Picture. What the odds on favorites, of course. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily going to be as exciting an Academy Awards as prior years. Again, we're not even getting a host again. Because I guess oh, we'll, we'll safe this way. It's but it's not. I think you've said it best. It's just not. Well, I, I, to be fair. You I, what you actually said was you're not even interested in watching it this year. Right. I I haven't been interested in watching it years. I just I don't I don't. It's not credible to me anymore. It's not worth watching. Do you know what kills me about this? I can remember back when I decided that I wanted acting as my dream job. That I had set a goal for myself. That I wanted to win an Academy Award by the time I was 35. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm 38 now, so obviously that's a dream deferred. But now, as I get more into the industry and as I get more into the actual art of it and I actually have some stuff under my belt, the idea of the awards has kind of dwindled for me. And I think that's partially because... Year after year, now that I'm more invested in the show rather than just sitting at home watching it with my mother and my sister when I was a kid, the reality of the Academy Awards and of most award shows has kind of gotten to me now where it's the point that if you really care about the work and you really care about what you're doing, the awards shouldn't matter. And yet there is so much emphasis that's put on it. And mind you, so many people that once they win an Academy Award – Afterwards, they don't even do anything. I, there are so many Best Actor winners I can remember that won an Academy Award, and then the movies that came out afterwards were just shit. Most notably, I always remember Jamie Foxx winning for Ray, and then afterwards came out Stealth. Yeah. Like, well, there's know, almost like a curse to it. Oh, I think Cuba Gooding Jr. had the worst. He won oh, the supporting God. actor, and then the next thing I remember him was Snow Dogs. Yeah, so it's rare that once you go through this uh, golden doorway of Oscar and you come out the other side and you're going to be Teflon, that, that's an illusion. Well, yeah, you have to be like a Tom Hanks, which I think the only reason he's nominated right now because he's Tom Hanks. Right. I mean, obviously, they didn't give as much love to uh, he, it's the, only the thing, film. It's the only thing that I think uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood got. Yeah, yeah. you know. And I think the only reason they're doing that is because the, the documentary about him last year got snubbed when a lot of people were saying it should have been nominated. So, I mean, it's almost like course correction. But Well, that, that that's what the Oscars are famous for. <laughs> but well, just, yeah, just, whether it's Warren Beatty re-saying the name or on no, the next well, year. Leonardo DiCaprio, who uh, for years deserved the Oscar, and he finally won it for a film that I couldn't care less about. Yeah, just because, what, the, the bear Because he didn't them. give it to him for like the last three times he should have won it. Yeah, but he All had right. to suffer from the bear. That was all. <laughs> all right. But, uh, yeah, in short, if you're going to watch the Academy Awards... Go ahead and do so. I'm not telling you not to. Certainly, I have more enjoyment actually watching the movies rather than watching the show itself because I think that's really what should be the important part, that the artists get recognized for the art itself, not what a few people have voted for it. So if you're going to go ahead and utilize the time that way, more power to you. I would personally say, instead of watching the awards show, watch the movies. That's what really matters most. Good sentiment. I try. (laughs) All right, ladies. It's all that years of acting, you know, just coming through. Yes, yes. It's uh, you. So you didn't mean any of that, then? 
did I? Or didn't I? Questions to be answered for next week. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you uh, for watching or listening or however you are getting uh, to uh, enjoy us right now. I don't, none of this sounds right out of my mouth right now. Anyway, (laughs) uh, we are back. We will be doing a new show every week. uh, And uh, you can catch us at our new uh, locations. Uh, We are now on Podbean. And we are currently available on Spotify, and I'm aiming to try to get us sometime soon onto iTunes. So, nice. again, thank you very much for listening to us, and we hope to hear from you again next time. And to note, uh, we will also have other little clippy bits. Oh, and we will be on YouTube as well. Uh, check out our YouTube page, JT Big O. Um, and full shows will not be there, but we will have like little clips and stuff there. We have a ton of social media. I got to figure out how to organize all this uh, one, one bit at a time. One yes. bit at a time. All so right. however you want to watch us, audio, video, you know, in your imagination, go ahead, find a link and that'll be your best entrance to it. But for, for now, like, uh, Facebook, Podbean, Spotify, and our YouTube. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, joining us, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Hola. Adios. What what language am I speaking? C. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we'll work with that next time.